Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Hi, everyone. I'm Alice DeBure, known in these hair parts as Fanny's drummers. And yes, I did always want to be a cowboy. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Kristen Hilaire Glasgow, known in these hair parts as a historian by training <laughs> and also the daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver. And a cowboy would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yippee Kaye, I'm Byron Wilkins, <laughs> lifelong Fanny fan. And uh, the expression, I tell you what, is a sentence, complete sentence in Texas. <laughs> a complete sentence or a complete I'll word? I'll tell you what, what. That's it. You That's know. it. Well, I don't know. I, maybe I started something here that I shouldn't have started, partner. But, uh, you know, daylight's burning, so let's get going. All right. Well, I loved discovering on the last episode that Nikki Shelty was named James. Jamie did. Yes. Of course I did. I'm using every single moment to promote <laughs> Jamie. It's a wonderful, positively <laughs> doggone wonderful mystery <laughs> solved. <laughs> okay, now I will let it go. Okay. But I really am. I'm also super excited about today's episode because we have some more Fanny myths to dispel, secrets to share, and mysteries to solve. <laughs> yeah. And Kristen, on this episode, we're going to be talking about Nikki's arrival. Um, to Fanny Hill, and mm -hmm. when she joined the band, we're also going to be listening to two of her songs, Changing Horses and A Person Like You, and we also have a few new Seagrave segments for you, Ooh, and as we told you last time, Jim Seagrave was Fanny's uh, head roadie, and he was also married to Nikki, but we always called him Seagrave, and we still do. Well, I'd like to start uh, with a Fanny myth that I want to dispel. And that myth is that Nikki hated Fanny. Yeah, that yeah. is so far from the truth. Yep. She may have hated some of the personality conflicts and situations, mm -hmm. but she didn't hate the music. In fact, yeah. she was she is quite proud of Fanny's music and the band's contribution to the rock and roll history. And and that's straight from the horse's mouth, a little bit from our uh, Western theme here. But anyway, <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the negativity you pick up in Nikki's interviews today are from a person who's 30 or 40 years older from when the band broke up. And she's just right. expressing herself as she feels now about those outside forces of the band and not the band itself. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's important to remember, Byron, because, yeah. you know, as difficult as Nikki could be to work with, mm -hmm. we all did recognize her talent and we embraced it. And I would like to add a little bit to that myth and dispel it. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. my father, Fanny's manager, was awfully difficult to put it kindly, oh, yeah. Yeah. but so was Nikki. And we've talked about that. Mm -hmm. And oh, yet yeah. it really, any conflict was put aside when it came to recognizing Nikki's talent. Yep. And I really do want to emphasize that my father absolutely saw how talented she was. Yeah. And yep. so, okay, That's Alice, it's late 1969, 70. Yep. At this point, Fanny is you, Jean and June, you're living yep. at Fanny Hill working on the first self-titled album that Richard Perry is producing. So how did you ultimately find and land on Nikki? Well, we had spent hours around the dining room table. And I don't know how many people remember those little three by five index cards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we decorated those with magic markers, you know, different colors and little drawings and stuff. Female keyboardists wanted and, you know, made them as, you know, as stand outable as we could. And we tacked them 
all over LA. I mean, we went out as far as Topanga Canyon, of course, Laurel Canyon, mm. but it was a stroke of luck really when June and Jean went to the then brand new musicians contact service in LA run by Sterling Howard and a little office over the whiskey. Mm. And Sterling gave, Sterling gave them the only two female keyboardists that he had at the time. And one of them was Nikki. Mm. And Sterling recently sent me this email when I reached out to him he said, quote, I still remember the day in 1969 that the Millington sisters came into my old office upstairs at the Whiskey. So that confirms that we found Nikki through the Musicians Contact Service, which is still active today in L.A. And it's interesting because I recently spoke with a friend of Sterling Howard's name, Eric Bierke, mm -hmm. who remembers <laughs> Sterling saying that he still had Nikki's resume about trying to get oh. into a new working band after she left Fanny. So we're still trying to find that, but I, I think that's very exciting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And speaking of memories, while editing Seagrave's clips for the podcast, I really dug hearing that he came with Nikki for her second audition yeah. and how he ultimately convinced her to join the band. But let's hear it from him. She didn't mention to me that she was going to the very first audition. So I don't really know much of what happened there. I do know that later on, she said, oh, I've been asked to come back and I don't know if I want to do it as an all girl band. And, you know, she very much was afraid that it was a gimmick and that she would not get the opportunity to display her skills because she would be treated as just one, one more girl in an all girl band. To start off with, I did go with her, and I don't know whether it was the second or the third time that she'd gone to Fanny Hill down to the basement where you guys were rehearsing. It's the first time I saw the band, and I didn't know what to expect, because she said, oh, well, yeah, come see what they're like, and I was blown away. Everything said to me, you're being handed an opportunity, don't be stupid, follow up on it, see how far you can take it. the walls rock and oh, roll yeah. 
Absolutely. And we are going to talk a little bit about this wonderful saloon style intro, keeping mm-hmm. the Western mm-hmm. theme going. Yeah. But for now, Alice, <laughs> uh, no. I need to know, do you remember the moment that Nikki came to the rehearsal to join? Do you remember the audition? Do you remember what song she did? I don't remember what song we played with her. I would mm-hmm. imagine at a first rehearsal, we were probably playing one of her songs, but it just felt like home. You know, mm-hmm. it was natural, like the missing piece of that puzzle finally fit. It just felt so right to have Nikki in the band. Wow. And Byron, yeah. you had previously mm-hmm. mentioned that Nikki told you that she was self-taught as a pianist. Yep. That's right. And Seagrave confirmed that she told him as well that she was self-taught. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I have this expression that both of you know, which is says who and what's their agenda. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. okay. However, she was consistent in her story that she was self-taught. Yeah. And I have no reason to doubt her. I mean, she oh, is yeah. tru- truly, truly talented. Yeah. And I was also blown away to learn from Seagrave how Nikki approached writing an original song. Oh, yeah. Including Changing Horses. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him about the saloon style opening and that where Nikki is talking and mm-hmm. whether it was intentional or just a behind the scenes moment caught on tape. Mm-hmm. And basically Seagrave told us that the noodling at the beginning of the song was absolutely intrinsic yeah. and that it made a really nice way to get people's attention when it transitioned to, as he called it, quote, proper hard rock. Oh! When I found out that you took me You know, I love how clever her lyric writing is. Yeah. You know, between changing in horses and not going for a ride, I just love the the cleverness of it all. Yeah. <laughs> She's so talented. And I always love this kind of uh, background trivia that you were talking about with Seagrave. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always love that kind of stuff. And Me too. I always figured the piano intro was just, you know, like you said, caught on tape in the studio randomly and they just kind of splice it on there to the oh, beginning of it. Uh-uh. So, yeah, it's cool. To, also, it's cool that the uh, the piano part makes you turn it really up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it'll blow your subwoofers right on out if you want to, <laughs> which is kind of, or your headphones or whatever. Yeah. And, and wasn't it you two? that told me that Nikki mentions a, a blue-eyed owner that it referred to some guy she met while walking Jamie? Well, <laughs> uh, no, that, that oh. would be me who made that up in my head because that's it. She's talking about a blue eyed owner. She met this really cute, you know, blue eyed owner. And in my mind, the blue eyed owner is walking a dog and she's walking Jamie and he invited Nikki and Jamie over for a doggy date. We just can't, we just can't get it out of her, Byron. I'm sorry. No, I guess yeah. not. See why you do not surmise as a historian. You got to get back exactly. up. Exactly. You broke your own rule there, right? Exactly. <laughs> made it up. Well, well, I'll tell you, I always saw it that I thought it was a club owner hitting on you guys. See, oh, God, no. Oh, no. Oh. no. <laughs> yeah, but that makes a lot of sense, Byron. Okay, I'll give you that one. Okay. 
<laughs> but I need to say, you know, I used to, as a kid listening to the song, I would always, because they were albums back then, take the needle and I knew exactly where to put it to move past the little intro, just mm-hmm. to get yeah, right yeah. to the hard rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to say, hearing this through 2021 years, knowing it was an intrinsic part of the song, yes, it just makes it so much more layered and complex. And and again, I mean, not to be yeah. repetitive here, but I'm just blown away that and Nikki's approach to writing an original song. Yeah, I was too, Kristen. I really you know? was. You know, when Seagrave told us something that I had never known, I was just stunned upon hearing it. Her style of writing was that she would sort of go off on her own and sit in the corner or something like that with a notebook. And she didn't talk about what she was doing. She wasn't noodling on a guitar or something like that while she was working out the, the tunes. It was pretty much in her own head and writing stuff down and you did not get any insight to into what she was doing or thinking until she had an almost finished piece ready to present and turn into a, a track ready for performance or uh, recording yeah it's it's almost like it dropped out of the sky or something as a finished piece and she picked it up and said okay i'll take this in and show people it i don't know how she did it isn't yeah. that incredible? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm a Nikki fan, but hearing how she did this all in her head, I gotta say that's borderline genius. I'm that's just astounding. I can't uh, believe I, that. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of borderline genius, I think Nikki <laughs> was a little bit over the line genius, but <laughs> she could be difficult. I mean, it was it was sometimes really hard to work with her, but it's mm-hmm. not surprising to me. I mean, she had all that in her head. There wasn't room for her for niceties <laughs> and bullshit. Yeah. You know, her brain was just too full. I don't yeah, know. Her drive was full. You know, that's yeah. Right. yeah, Byron, I would say we can take out the borderline. I think she, she was just genius. You know, yeah. I agree with yeah. both of you. And I love that she brought back the saloon style playing at the end of the song yeah. to tie mm-hmm. it to the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it, that's just, again, all in her head. Yeah, <laughs> really. And just to think that this is your first album. You guys yeah. really had your yeah. shit together. I mean, just listen to this.
Yes, yes, yeah. I meant it when I said balls to the walls, rock and oh, roll. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. June's Fantastic. guitar, her rhythm and the solo and the tone yeah. that she's got Ooh. on her guitar. Nikki's yeah. raging keyboards, Gene's solid bass and kick-ass vocals and my driving drums. I mean, you'd think we'd been playing together for years. That's oh, just yeah. how well prepared we were when we went into the studio. Yeah. And I think that Richard captured on this song the energy pretty well. You know, yeah, yeah he it's, did. Yeah, it's interesting to go back in time and from 2021 and looking back on it. And he didn't really overproduce that first album, I don't think. No. But mm -hmm. no. by the time we got to Charity Ball and Fanny Hill, I don't think he could control himself any longer. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to agree with you, Gene's uh, vocals. I mean, yeah. you, Incredible. Oh, she really has some growl in there. I mean, wow, it's, it's very untypical of her. It's just like, uh, should have done yeah. that more often. <laughs> I agree. It's hot. But yeah. I also got to say, but as a fan outside your inner bubble, you know, yeah. Richard's production wasn't annoying to me, as, you know, because it was fairly typical for the time period. Yeah. But listening today, yes, the first album is much more raw and than any of your other follow-up albums. And I have I have a new appreciation. For yeah, that. me too. It, it is, I do yeah. too. Uh, it's yeah. just fantastic. And I've said this before on other Fanny songs on the first album, but I, again, you sound as close to live on this song mm -hmm. as, as possible as you could get, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm not only impressed with all four of your badass selves. I mean, let me just reiterate, <laughs> you guys rock on the song, but I, I'm just still reeling from the newfound information that Nikki writes her songs and maps everything out in her head. Oh yeah. And that's, basically oh, that's, brings that's it to you incredible. ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is definitely just mind like mind-blowing mind -blowing. incredible yeah. and and not only writing the music and mapping it out in her head but the diversity and the range of her songs you ain't the kind of friend i'd like to take home to my mother she wouldn't understand someone i could love like a brother and me i must admit you Well, you guys, you know, I have to say to you that uh, the podcast does make me want to be a little bit more honest about mm -hmm. things that I've felt in the past. Mm -hmm. And I privately thought that Nikki might have written this about me. Hmm. You know, I don't know if she'd ever even been close with a lesbian before, if she'd ever met one, you know. Mm -hmm. But Nikki and I had a kind of closeness well, you know, it's probably as close as she ever let anyone in, but mm -hmm. I always felt that connect with her. And it was, I, I still feel it. I still have mm -hmm. that, you know, little feeling of connection, even if she doesn't really want to have any contact. I still feel this spiritual kind of, well, that sounds mm -hmm. a little woo woo ish, but, you know, <laughs> anyway. Well, for your time, Brie, if it's right, yeah. you know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. hippie. Dippy, dippy dippy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's as the dementia is beginning to set in, I guess. I don't know. But uh, Seagrave didn't really remember specifically why she wrote the song. And he thought that maybe it was more of a cultural difference, you know, that she had with a friend of hers. Oh. Yeah, I always saw it as uh, a song about 
almost a cross-cultural uh, friendship. Somebody who, uh, in this this case, Nikki singing about meeting a boyfriend that she never would have normally had any connection with, that didn't fit into any of the her circuit of friends and acquaintances and everything else, but it worked out anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense to me because, you know, it is an interesting take on the lyrics and it, and it fits right in. Mm-hmm. But but I'd like to talk about the way Nikki sings this song in the quasi Southern accent. <laughs> yeah. you know, back in 71, I just thought it was her being a bit comical. You know, um, you know sometimes vocalists did that. But today. Mm-hmm. I see it as that Nikki is taking on a, a personality for some of her songs. Yeah, yeah. And and given what Seagrave just said, I can see that, you know, she's met some Southern guy. And if, and if you hang around a Southern person for a while, the, the accent bleeds on you a little bit. You're like, <laughs> y'all and all that. And, and, all that. And, and that's just my opinion. I never chatted to Nikki about this song, though. Well, it's interesting. I've heard this song my whole life. And for some reason, I never saw it as a boyfriend. I thought it was a person. That's why, Alice, when you say it, you thought maybe okay. she had written it for you, mm-hmm. because maybe this is just me being stuck in my you know youthful mind at the time. But I thought since she said person, it it therefore meant not a boyfriend. Because yeah. why wouldn't you mm-hmm. said a guy like you or a man okay. like you or boyfriend like you if that's whatever? So yeah. In terms of though her Southern accent, I did. I have a few thoughts on it, but I loved what Jean <laughs> had to say first. So here's let's listen. You know, it's funny. I don't really remember too much about a person like you. I don't think I was so impressed with it then. And um, I mean, I'm I'm sure I committed myself because that's what you do when you're in a band and you do a song. But I bet you Jean has a lot more to remember about that. Not really, but when mm-hmm. I heard the song, the first thing I thought was, oh, Nikki has a Southern accent again. <laughs> so, See, that's so only it, something that we would it's remember. Like you, yeah. I mean, I go, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I, what is it about that song that attracts you, Kristen? Because obviously, we don't remember that much about it. Well, the chords are, are are quite interesting. I thought when I listened to it again today. Okay, it's a it's a very unique song. I think the changes are 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 quite nice. I, I absolutely agree with Jean. Alice, were you yeah. going to say something? No, uh-uh. I, oh, oh. Wasn't. <laughs> I was She's having another one of her moments. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you I, guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving town. I'm taking my horse and I'm leaving. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, run me, you run me out of this town, my God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I no, I was just going to say that I absolutely agree with Jean on this. I think the chords are interesting, mm-hmm. as well as, as I said, I think the lyrics are so clever, again, about yep. becoming friends with someone, whether it's a lover or not, that you thought you'd never be close with. And it may have even been forbidden. She says she couldn't take some, this person home to her mom. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, I just love it. As for the Southern accent, what I was going to say is, I always thought it was intentionally stereotypical of a person from the South, meaning the accent. Yeah. It's so, because it's so over the top and Nikki is so not, well, let me rephrase that. Nikki is so smart. Yeah. So I feel like the intentionality of it was to make it almost not a mockery, but again, over the top. I don't know, Alice, what do you think? Well, you know, if you think about it and you think about uh, the videos of Fanny that have been shown beat club the french tv mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know 
midnight whatever that was where she special. really takes on midnight special where she takes on that southern accent um she was a real show person you know mm. when nikki was on stage she could have been having a hissy fit like crazy before two seconds before she went on stage and when she went on stage she was there and she was that persona was mm. there so you know i remember back in the day thinking that the accent was odd you know, a little too much, you know, but I do get it that she was probably putting on that persona, that show person that she was, you know, and mm -hmm. Seagrave had similar thoughts to both what June and Jean and we've said. So let's listen. Her Southern accent sounded like somebody quote, doing a Southern accent as opposed to being it. I never talked to her about it because I'm pretty sure that would have gone over like a lead balloon if I said, well, I think you shouldn't do that. Uh, she grew up around uh, Maryland, around Washington, D.C., and that's close to Virginia. So there would be some of the southern accent, but she was the one that she used, particularly on things like a person like you, was very much a deep south. I always, I always thought that she put it on for dramatic effect and she would have been better off without it. Maybe she was chasing the Janis Joplin uh, image. Well, I have to just make a comment about June's playing on this. She may not have liked the song, but in her words, she really did commit herself to this. And yeah. her playing on this, yeah. her solo, her slide, mm. it's also, oh, it's tasty. It's delicious. It's sweet. <laughs> Mwah! Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. Well, hats <laughs> off, June. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny, Kristen, because Jeannie had to remind her, remember? That she I didn't play slide on it. <laughs> You know? Oh, she was shocked to learn this and said, what? I did? I, I did? <laughs> it was adorable, actually. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely because it boggles my mind that she could forget playing such an incredible yeah. guitar on this song. It's just right. mind-blowing. Another really? mind-blowing moment for me with Fanny. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. How, how can you forget something like that? <sighs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, it is. And you know, Alice, yeah. I know this has never been said before in the podcast, but I love you playing on this song. <laughs> right. Yeah. I keep forgetting to say something about Alice and her drumming. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I've left that out. You know, I, I, I do feel left out, you guys. I really do. I, I, I picked no. it up for you. There you yeah. go. Well, I, I think the drumming actually, it's tastier than I remember it being. You know, the Tom fills that I do after June's slide lead just kind of, you know, knocked me over a little bit here you know <laughs> and i don't remember that the fills being that they were so right for that song yeah. that, that part of the section and i think it's probably as close as i get to a drum solo for sure
then this is another Fanny song that I can completely envision as a music video on MTV. You know, yeah. the oh. setting, a oh, saloon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on yeah. piano, <laughs> yeah. Alice comes in the doors as a cowboy. As a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Help me with a party, you know. Uh, you, could, you, you could shoot this in a redneck bar in my hometown, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, we just may do that, you know. Put that grandma band back together, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you listen to you listen to a person like you, and then you listen to Changing Horses. I mean, we've played oh, both. Yeah. They're so yeah. different, you oh, know, yeah. talking about oh, yeah. her musical diversity. You know, she brought that gift to the band i think and then mm-hmm. you think about those two songs and then you throw in something like oh i don't know maybe blind alley sheesh there's so many examples of it alice and speaking of blind alley mm-hmm. we're uber excited that on episode 26 we are going to be having a pre-recorded interview with bobby joe hart who cool. is the director yep. and documentary filmmaker of the upcoming documentary Fanny, The Right to Rock. Yes. So nice. cool. Nice. Yeah. Very, very thrilling. As usual, we did when we talked to Bobby Joe, we asked her what her go-to song is when she's, mm-hmm. you know, introducing Fanny to somebody that has never heard of the band. And her immediate answer was Blind Alley. <laughs> Best mm-hmm. intro ever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 June didn't have it uh, turned to 11 that day, did she? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Uber is now a favorite word of mine, Kristen. Thank you. I, put the- <laughs> I thought that was a little bit of free advertising there myself. Yeah. But okay. oh, yeah. Well, I, oh, yeah, that's right. Uber, that's right. Well, see, Placement, I don't know. drive Ubers or take Ubers. Whatever. Hey, if, if Uber wants to sponsor the Get Behind Fanny right. podcast, <laughs> yeah. no problem with that's it. Right. Yeah. Bring right. it. <laughs> And I and I will be looking forward to the next episode because I want to hear what Bobby Joy has to say as, as about this and of course you know what her other fan fanny favorite tunes are so yeah Absolutely. yeah it's going to be a lot of fun it it really will because Bobby Joe so is she is such an up gal you know and yeah. she's got she's yeah. worked so hard on the documentary so yeah that is going to be a lot of fun Byron yeah her energy is infectious. Yeah, it is. It is. So, uh, shall we get to the social media now? Well, wait, wait, wait. Uh Alice, (laughs) Alice, we have April birthday bakeries to get to and an April fanniversary. Yes, Kristen. I I did know that. I thought maybe I'd put it, you know. Uh, somewhere else, but okay. Don't even don't go there. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't want to forget June's birthday, even if this podcast falls after her birthday. And we also have a great musician and fan, Happy Betty. It's a happy, happy birthday. Betty. And of yes. course, our UFO JC Richards' birthday is this month. And mm-hmm. our one April fan anniversary is Apple Scrub. 
Apple scrub. <laughs> drink, drink, uh, drink, drink. Drink, me, drink. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. Happy anniversary and happy birthday to all of our April UFOs. Cool. All right, right, Byron. Now, yeah. would you please give us the social media? Sure. Fanny is all over the internet. On Twitter, find Fanny at rocks underscore Fanny. Over on Instagram at Fanny Rocks underscore 1970. On Facebook, just as Fanny Rock Band. And over on YouTube, Fanny Rocks, because that's what they do. And drop by the official Fanny <laughs> website at FannyRocks.com. And you can use the hashtags Ask Alice, June Jams, Jean Genie, and Nikki Notes to ask questions or comment about the podcast. Plus, we there's, wait, there's more. And we have Seagrave mm-hmm. Segments uh, is a new hashtag you can use for uh, questions cool. about Seagrave. Cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And the three of us here on the Get Behind Fanny podcast want to give a giant grateful shout out to Colin and all the folks at mm-hmm. 382 Radio Online. They have been airing our podcast from the beginning, starting cool. on April 17th, and we'll continue mm-hmm. all the way up until they catch up. And then we'll play our podcast every time we have one coming out. So thanks nice. you guys so much. We will yeah. put the info on Fanny Rocks and we're just thrilled and delighted to be a part of the 382 Radio family. Thanks a lot, Colin. Um, we really appreciate oh, yeah. it. That's way That's cool. Excellent. Very That's cool. Way cool. Yeah. But yeah. for now, daylight's burning, partner. That's a wrap. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> a snake in my boot anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said oh <laughs>